0: Welcome to another episode of the Cemetery Files with
1: Kelly Schaefer
0: and Jay Hill. <laughs> I got to
1: go first this week,
0: yay! Yeah. You're up. <laughs> so um, today, uh, today is, is another great episode. Uh, our guest today is Kara Phillip. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a, a fantastic uh, paranormal investigator and just an all around cool to talk to so um first off i want to just talk a little bit about our investigation we had at the yeah, yeah. theater real quick um on monday last this last week last month yeah so it's up on youtube um there yeah. are some things that have happened um it's severely drained me yeah, and me too. yeah mm-hmm. and i think we're still feeling it i had to work all week so excuse me it's been it's been a long week, mm-hmm. so yeah. I I, bur- I burnt myself at work, and then I cut off part of my finger. So I <laughs> digress.
1: <laughs> I have not injured myself, which is a which is totally right. unreal. Yeah. It's yeah. like so, every week I injure myself. Right. So, um,
0: without delay, let's let's get our uh, guest on here. Okay. There she is! There she is! Hello! Oh. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you again for agreeing to be on the show. Um, we're looking forward to this conversation. And like I said, you know, we talk pretty much about anything, uh, paranormal, spiritual, whatever. You know, if you want to talk about, you know, you walking your dog the other day, I don't know. You know, whatever. You know, whatever makes you happy. So, because this is why we have, you know, guests on the show to converse back and forth and just have a good time and just to talk about whatever. And Kelly said to me when I, when we do our Monday meetings that we should take our conversations that we talk on the phone and put them on the air because yeah. they pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I, I, I yeah. really like it when we get rolling with a conversation. Cause it just, it just flows. Mm.
0: Yeah, it does. It, it just, and the next thing you know, it's like an hour later, it's like, Oh, we could have put that on a show. That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: So we might have
1: to do that for two for two episodes because I don't have any guests.
2: Right. Like yeah, great, work. Say,
1: three
3: hours later. What did we even talk about? But I bet yeah. it was pretty good. I thought it was great.
0: <laughs> right, right. right? <laughs> so um for uh, the fans that are of our show and our studio six productions who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself.
3: I am Kara Phillip. I am oh a bunch of things. A uh, podcaster, um, Late Night Legends is my podcast. Nice. um, Now I phrase it as, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it going forward, historical site volunteer. I used to call the title a little differently. Um, Paranormal investigator. My story is pretty tied, you know, really especially to one place, um, which we'll kind of talk about. And uh, now our new project, which I'm really excited about, is Hella Obscura. It's a bunch of... Uh, My friends, you know, all kind of getting together and meeting new friends, Uh, photography, urban exploration, paranormal, kind of where all of that meets in the middle. I have some amazing, you know, some of my my friends are some amazing photographers. That's how I'll phrase it. I was going to say amazing photography friends, which works too. Um, And it was kind of born out of um, some events that happened this spring and as a way to just kind of keep really connected. And it's been a pretty exciting experience and so we're always rolling out new things so stay tuned for new projects and you know things with hella obscura there's right, our cool. website facebook group facebook page instagram page so that's that's what i do also in real life you know not that this isn't real life but <laughs> um six of my hours a week is taken up uh i'm a critical care nurse wow and cool. i'm in school for my master's nice. so i'm a little busy yeah, just a little bit. Goodness. Holy cow.
0: Bit. Yeah. Here I thought my job was stressful. Wow.
3: Yeah,
1: now I'm tired yet. I, now I'm just gonna right. have to go back to bed because now I'm tired. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. Um, so let me ask so what, you. you know, oh, you go first. I'll let you go first last time, so you can go first this time.
1: So so what got you
3: into the paranormal? Um, you know, what was your hook? One specific instance. I don't know. Like I, it's always been a part of me. I always thought it was normal. So I was just yeah. thought it was part of the world. I, my first, you know, ghost story is the one that I don't remember. We, our house was haunted there. The house that my parents bought that we moved into when I was about two um, I'm an only child. They had one daughter, you know, they never had more. And this man built this house. It was like a farmhouse at the time. Now it's a suburb, you know, of Chicago, right. but it was a farm back in its day. And he built the house and his wife and his daughter lived there until his wife died. I don't know if she died in the house or in the hospital. I have no idea. And he and his daughter decided to move to Arizona then. And it was time to sell this house. Um, as I remember it, there was, you know, as I remember it, no, as the story was told to me, there was, um, another couple kind of moving forward to buy the house. And then this man met my parents and me, and he said, it's them. They're buying the house. They're moving. Nice. And cause I guess, I guess I reminded him of his daughter. Oh. I mean, when I was two, so, so he felt like we should be there. And my mom would walk up the <laughs> stairs at night and hear me like babbling, but also a voice talking back to me. Oh, and oh. yeah, so the, funny, so the funny thing is like, of course, now as an adult, I go, are you kidding me? Why wouldn't you, you know, what did you do? Well, I just went to my room, went to sleep, you know, the room's right next to each other. And, you know, and so the way she explains it, like she just never thought there was a threat, never thought there was anything wrong with it, didn't think anything of mm-hmm. it. And what was she going to do? Right. Like she, <laughs> you know, it was fine. She just never felt like it was bad. Because also come to find out maybe the whole family, not my dad, my mom's side, you know, we all think ghosts are pretty normal and we all kind of maybe see them yeah. and it's just part of normal. Yeah. right. Um, we don't really talk about it because I think it's just so normal. Right. Um, so, and she goes, you know, and I would remember the lot was empty. It was also, you know, all part of the same lot. Now there's a house there, but originally when we moved in, the lot was empty next to us. And on summer nights when the window was open, she would hear like a group of men, like sitting around a fire smoking and drinking and talking, you know, oh, like wow. and nobody there, you know, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And you just would go, oh, okay, you know, and never, never thought anything of it. So I don't think, you know, so like if you ask my mom, I think she'll say, like, no, I don't, I don't have any ghost stories. I don't, because it's you know, normal every day life for her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's just kind of normal. Yeah. And so for me, that's how I always thought it was. It was just kind of normal. Right. Yeah. Um, what a blessing. As I got older, I didn't really see, so we're, we're calling her Mrs. Bauer. That's who it was for sure. Um, I didn't really see or hear her or talk to her like that. I could remember as I got older, I just always knew she was there, you know, and my mom, like, I think she was just kind of always in my room. My mom would call like my room, the, you know, just, it was just peaceful when you go in there. It was just, it just felt good.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that was her daughter's room. And I think she just kind of was like, oh, cool. You're here now. Thanks. You know? So she would just hang out. And when I was about 12-ish, you know, somewhere in there. I don't remember, you know, exactly when, but I remember I had a giant desk with a giant desktop computer, you know, cause that was as good as it got then mm-hmm. and doing who knows what on the computer, what was there to do all those years ago and probably something with AOL. And I saw her walk, <laughs> like I saw, you know, an apparition walk out and who knows what we did on AOL, right? So right. Uh, oh, I, I saw her walk out, like, <laughs> walk behind me and I could feel her like put her hands on my shoulders. And just kind of there. And it just felt like I didn't hear it, you know, but it just felt like goodbye. It just felt like she was like, okay, I'm going now.
2: All right, all right.
3: And then she like walked out the door. So I don't know if her husband died. I don't know if she was like, well, you're like 12 ish. You're good. I'm not going to stick around for this part. Like, I don't know, you know, why she left when she did, she just, it was time and it was time for her to leave. And she knew I'd be fine. You know, it was just, I felt that. So Again, normal, normal to grow up with this, right? I grew up in the you know, South Side of Chicago suburbs, and you grow up going to Bachelor's Grove. Well, you don't grow up. You spend your right. teenage years going to Bachelor's Grove. You do all these fun things. Everything's spooky. My family's all buried at Resurrection Cemetery. So, of course, you talk about Resurrection Mary constantly. All this stuff is just perfectly normal. Sleepovers are light as a feather, stiff as a board, Bloody Mary. You know, all this stuff that I thought just everybody grew up like this. Right. I just, this was wow. normal. You know?
1: What a great <laughs> childhood. Ouija
3: boards like, yeah, you know, Ouija boards were just miracle. like there, yeah. you know, like just nobody thought anything of any of this, watch horror movies all the time, you know, every, all of that. So then, then I moved to West Michigan um, uh, for college and stayed there for a while. It's not as all normal as it uh, yeah. <laughs> so West Michigan is very not like that. Um, I Like, in fact, I thought it was hilarious. I, their cemeteries are not fenced in like ours are. And I was like, how do you not have fences around your cemeteries? You know, and we're driving mm-hmm. around at first. So like, why would there be fences around our cemeteries? Well, you have to keep people out because at night, you know, and they're like, why would anybody do that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't have know. you been to, <laughs> have you been to
2: Illinois? <laughs> you know? I know.
3: <laughs> I'm like, I, right? So there, how do you explain right. this to somebody that thinks it's just like bizarre and normal? I later found right. out talking to people, I had a friend that grew up in New Orleans. And so all of the stuff that I thought was perfectly normal, she thought was perfectly normal. And I was like, okay, so there's some. That'll work.
0: There's one.
2: There's
3: one. Yeah. Yeah. So this was all just normal, right? And so my whole life, you know, kind of depending on where I was in my life, when I had little kids and I was busy and distracted, I was like not seeing or hearing ghosts. And I really didn't care if there were any, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. different stages of my life. I've been more open to things than others. And I even, there was a nursing home I worked at right before I became a nurse that was, um, like not a good fun haunted like a real ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Haunted,
2: you
3: know, like some th- some things are fun and you get along with everything and some things mm-hmm. you're just like terrified to walk down that hall you know even during mm-hmm. the day
2: it's
3: so that the grouches you know, come out it was mm-hmm. oh there was there was one hallway we had to do rounds at night i worked at night so of course there was one hallway that we all found ind- independent of each other and we figured this out when we talked to each other the people that worked at night We found ways to not do rounds, but still like sign in where we had to, to not go down, you know, one of the halls at night or one of the halls we would go down, but we would run through, you know, like, and just kind of close your eyes and just like, well, you know, anything could have been happening around us. We weren't going to notice because it was not, it felt bad. And there's, there's definitely like, there's one room that had cool stories. That's its own story. So, but I could tell that later, but then I became a nurse and I went straight into critical care and I stopped seeing anything altogether. Yeah. Oh, really? didn't think, You know, seeing, hearing, feeling, and I never really thought too hard about it because again, I was busy, right? Like I still had little kids and I now, I was busy this whole new career, just finished school, you know, all this stuff to do. And I never thought too hard about it. Come to find out some nurses that I've worked with who have, you know, have <laughs> the ability to see, hear, feel, they go, you know what? Me too. You know, so I think sometimes we go into situations where maybe we're around death pretty constantly and we don't need to actually see more, mm-hmm. you know? Um, one of my best friends said to me one day, it was, I, it was so, I thought it was so cute. He Very genuinely said, I bet you've been there when somebody's died, you know, at least maybe once. And I go once, maybe. <laughs> The time so uh, <laughs> so I you know it's just I like giggle because he was just very genuinely like oh I can see you would close off to that and I'm like yeah all the time uh, so um so I think in the capacity like at work I I'm I just don't want you know I like at this point I think it's not even intended it's never intentional I'm just
0: separating so
3: yeah I'm just not gonna see I don't need to like quite know Right. Um, right. I, to this day, like, I, I don't know if you know, like when people are dying and they're still kind of with it, you know, able to, with it is maybe a strong word, able to talk, able to interact. Though there's always a man in the corner, if you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> there's always a man mm-hmm. in the corner. Yeah. There's always, there's certain things there that they, people all will say, um, pretty consistently. And it's funny there was for a long time. I wouldn't turn around. I wouldn't look at that corner. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: And Don't need um, to
3: see it. Nope. 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 Now I do. Now I'm like, show me. And I did say it recently. Funny. Like I thought it was hilarious. I think most people would think it was creepy. I, I did. I turned around and looked and I go, I don't see, I don't see the man. I believe you do, but I don't see him. Oh, you'll see him one day. She said, I was like, Oh, oh wow.
2: <laughs>
3: wow. That's <laughs> like, I love you so now much. I'm going to be looking for the man in the corner. If I'm There's ever in, this situation. in the situation, he's always, right. he's, and it's not like just somewhere in the room. It's always a corner. You like, it's right. it always. So that's just that's a little. Thing. So I think I just don't want to see that stuff. Right. And that's, and that mm-hmm. even back to, there's a, there was a room with a whole story with a man in the corner at that nursing home that, mm-hmm. you know. Between residents, things happened. Residents would tell the same story. So I think honestly, it was like right after that that I was like, I don't need to see anything because mm-hmm. it might not mm-hmm. be meant
1: for us to yeah. see yeah. that at that point. Yeah.
3: And I think I'm not supposed to see the man in the corner because I'll see him one day, she says, you know, one day I will. Right. And I really hope when that day comes, I'm like, hey, everybody. <laughs> I, get to, There's I a guy in the corner. <laughs> and I hope I appreciate it. You know, like I hope I've
0: heard I, so much about you.
3: <laughs> I heard hello. Are you one for everybody? You know, I hope I hope I'm able like at that point to just kind of on it's some level. Like, death. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. It's gonna yeah. happen no matter what. And she assured yeah. this patient assured me of it, you know, that I'm gonna meet him. So, like, okay, now it's time. And I hope I hope I can appreciate that. And, you know, I don't know, I think about that a lot. So So that's, you know, so as far as the paranormal, it's kind of just been woven through my life and there's always been things that I've seen or heard and I would just go, that was weird. And I just wouldn't think that much of it. Or even honestly, sometimes at work when there's like a closed unit and I walk through, which is so rare because it's usually so busy. There are times that like something will happen and I'm like, oh, I saw that. You know, (laughs)
2: like,
3: like Quiet enough, or keep walking, enough. keep walking, yeah, <laughs> you know. When there's people, it's loud, there's sounds, there's lights, there's stuff. But when it's just kind of dim and nobody's there, and you walk through it for a shortcut, there's yeah. stuff you know. I see things and I'm like, I'm not doing this today, right now, right, right, right. Yeah. God, You know, that's I think I'm just like not interested in that kind of interaction at that moment, so yeah. so. But then that brings me to a um, rather uh, famous, notorious, whatever, prison um, in the area. Yes, you're usual in every day. So that's my, you know, so how I really like then got into it officially. So I grew up, my mom worked. um, So I grew up in the South suburb of Chicago. She worked in Joliet and I would go to work a lot with her because as mentioned, I'm an only child and sometimes I didn't want to go to daycare and she would say, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I got to go. (laughs) Um, so I was really lucky that I got to, that I got to do things like that. And so instead of daycare with kids and playing, I went to an office and helped clean and I loved that so much more. So while that was weird, but we did cool things too, you know, when, during the day, like for lunch, we would do something fun. So we would always though pass the Juliet penitentiary when it was in operation. Oh yeah. So it officially like really, well, People kind of lingered for a little past, but 2002 is when it closed. So we were doing this like in the early 90s, late 80s, that we mm-hmm. would drive by when it was in full swing. Um, we also lived pretty near one of the courthouses and the buses bringing people from the courthouse to the prison would take the same route we would take um, through Chicago Hizal's forest preserves. So we would take forest preserves all the way out and they would too. And we would end up kind of following the buses or being not too far away from them the whole way. So I grew up pretty fascinated with the concept that there are these people on these buses <laughs> and
2: mm-hmm.
3: what did they do, what's going on. And then if any of you have ever been um, to Joliet prison, it's a castle. It was the mm-hmm. administration oh, wow. building is the same architect as the water tower place in Chicago, in downtown wow. Chicago. It's beautiful. If you like that kind of thing, not everybody does. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with it. Um, it's made of Joliet limestone. It's beautiful. Oh. So in everything is around here. I live really close and my cellar is. I have a house that was built in 1886. My oh. cellar is built out of this Joliet limestone and we find it in our nice. backyard all the time. So a lot of our landscaping is the same, but so yeah. it's this gorgeous like yellow, uh, limestone. And it's just, it's epic. It was built by prisoners, actually quarried across the street. So um, there's, you know, quarries, water-filled quarries now where they where they dug it all out of. So it is just massive and imposing. And it always just tripped me out that we would see, so there's a women's side where there's, you know, they would do processing, and then there's the, the big side. And right. it would fascinate me to no end that suddenly you go from like, we're driving down forest, we don't even have to turn, right? Like you're just driving down this road, you're going through forest preserves, now you're going through a cute little town of Lockport, very close, um, you know, just this little, little tiny town at the time, and then all of a sudden, there's a castle, like what is Mm -hmm. going on? And then you're in downtown Joliet, just boop, you know, like it's just Mm -hmm. crazy, this prison, don't pick up hitchhikers, you know, all these signs, literally like feet from this major road, you know, like- Mm -hmm. You know, now when you pass prisons, when they're built now, they are way off the beaten path. You'll see them at a distance. This is in, right in the center of it. So, and honestly, at the time, I didn't even know about Blues Brothers or anything. It was just that I, Mm -hmm. maybe I watched it, but I made no connection, you know, whatever. So I just, this amazing thing. I I just just
1: now made the connection. So,
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's the beginning scenes. There's, you know, millions of pictures taken at the town court. So I, you know, and we would watch these buses pull in for pressing into the sally port across the street. You would watch people get out like in their handcuffs and the guards, and I'm like so tripped out. There's guards in the towers. I'm so tripped out that we're just driving mm-hmm. to work. you know, what is going on? So it always fascinated me, and it's always and it's just these high walls, and it's just so cool. It was, you know, built like we kind of say, like it's older than sliced bread, older than peanut butter. You know, like when you
2: yeah. think about yeah. stuff. Like sliced bread. <laughs>
3: Like, I mean, even people are so <laughs> and so imposing, and there's so many stories there. So it always just fascinated me. So then it was closed, and you know, then they filmed Prison Break. My mom still worked in Juliet as all that was happening, and people just went wild that Prison Break was being filmed there. And you know, so it was always just kind of part of like my story, you know, at least on the periphery. And I always was kind of fascinated. Um, and I moved really close. I only live about three and a half miles away now. Um, just coincidentally, never thought I would end up living, you know, so close to it. And that was definitely not a thought as we bought our house. But I, there was fires one day not long after we moved in. People set fire to some of the buildings. And so the way the agreement was, when um, Department of Corrections walked away from it, they walked away. They literally left everything. Keys were there. Everything was there. They took the guns. Like the guns didn't get left behind. Like, right. It was there. So the armory was empty, you know, but that was about it. The only people that had access was Illinois Department of Corrections. If anything happened, they needed, we fortunately, I'll phrase it that way, have another state prison very close by. So they would have to come across a bridge. It's very close. Like you can kind of almost see them from each other if you stood just Mm -hmm. right at that high point, but to drive, it's kind of far. It takes a minute because there's one bridge and whatever, you know? So if anything happened, nobody was getting in to fix this situation. So the buildings burned and this is burned. We were like, I was, you know, at our house and I was like, what is, I was like, I think that's the prison. It was. And it just burned fire. The Juliet fire department did an amazing job. They were literally putting blankets over the barbed wire to try to climb over to get things inside because nobody could come fast enough to open the door. And even then the the thing that they needed open to get everything in, didn't open anymore, you know, so time. So. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. And these buildings really, really burned. And so it was kind of after that, the state and the city, everybody was inspired to do something. You got it. You can't just have this, you know, abandoned space.
1: Right. um,
3: People are breaking into setting fires, you know, like it's, you can't, can't live like that anymore. Something had to be done and the city really stepped up and um, worked in conjunction with different groups, including um, a local museum. So um, and things started to happen. So some the initial tours through some through another company. I was there with that first group of tours. I still like I kinda giggle when I see like the pictures that I took, just you know, like the stuff I was so excited about. Um I was just so excited to be inside the walls. It was raining that night and I didn't care. I just fell in love with it. Oh. Um yeah. and I just knew I was like, I'm like supposed to be here, you know, and fortunately not as a prisoner, but like, you know, supposed to be yeah. fell yeah, like sure. I had, Felt like I was at home, and I like honestly that first night in the rain, I just said, you know, whatever. So whatever, like, kind of called to me all that time. It was where I was supposed to be, Um, Mm. and kind of everybody, like all my friends, you know, that I volunteered with, or some that work there, um, have the same story. Like, just for some reason, it called to them. And we, like, you know, one day we're talking, we're like, I think we're supposed to have ended up here. You know, I think something bigger than us made sure Mm -hmm. we did. Something called us here. So we. Then I found out they started having volunteer days, and I went to one thinking I was just going to go in one time during the day and help out. And then I found out that there's this group of people that just started showing up every Saturday, and I became part of that because I was like, I will be here every Saturday.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
3: Um, five years of Saturdays is what we did. Um, really cleaning. We opened up galleries so people could, you know, go on tours. And, um, one of our amazing volunteers, Rob, he has been in the paranormal community for a very long time, like decades. Like he'll, you know, you go to a paracon with him or you see somebody, he's like, Oh, I had a, you know, a group with them 30 years ago. And you're like, Oh my God, you
2: know, like, so he's,
3: <laughs> you know, and kind of like all of the, you know, the OGs, he'll be like, Oh yeah, I would do stuff with them. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> so, so, um, because of that and just, you know, there was the interest at the place we had him and um, it was just the right thing to do. The paranormal tours started. And that's really when I, so I just started, honestly, I was like, I like ghost things. Um, this is cool. And I want to be here at night and I want to help out. And I want to do anything I can to help out. So still volunteering. I would go Saturday mornings and Saturday nights, you know, and volunteer and help out and run the tours or help run the tours. It was Rob that ran them. So um that really started to expand pretty quickly into then, you know, my role being more active, other people's roles being more active and the tours got bigger, rentals got bigger, you know, and all the amazing people we got to meet and all the amazing interactions we got to have. So, um, so that all just, you know, so my, you know, paranormal home is there. Um, mm-hmm. That's really, that's where the start really happened. And, you know, people say, well, have you gone here or there? No, I was there every Saturday at the Christmas.
1: <laughs> So, um, you know, honestly. I don't know. I think it's great to get to know one location so that yes. you know all the ghosts are going on, you know, all the hauntings, you know, all the spirits. I think it that's was, great. Yeah,
3: honestly, like, you know, now more recently I've gone to some other places and while they're very cool, while you can maybe get some evidence or maybe I really am such a strong supporter because of that experience in like the Morin concept, you know, it's what 28 Days Haunted is based on, you know, just when I didn't spend 28 days straight there I wasn't you know there consistently 28 days but I was there more than 28 days all told you know if you compile all the time and you no know, you really do get to know them and they know your mm-hmm. names and you know which some might not like <laughs> I love it it's like they've, they've become you know Part of your our friends we're gonna call it you know so um and you know now we miss them you know we I, I miss the place right now um but I miss right. them and when I go to other Places. honestly, like a group of us just went to Indiana state sanatorium with Chris Fleming. Flem- Flem- um, and it was cool. It was so fun to really explore a new place. You know, we say with the prison, we know where every like nook and cranny and crack is. So, I mean, that's maybe not as exciting mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you know, as much as we miss it, it's so fun to be like, what's in this room? What's, what are we going right. to find? But you don't know any yeah. of right. spirits
2: there. Right.
3: You know, I was talking to some of the guides there at, at the sanatorium and they're like, Oh, well, when you go to this place and if I say this or, you know, this will happen. And I'm like,
2: oh, I yeah. miss that. you know, I
3: miss having that that connection. Mm-hmm. So other places are really cool. Yeah. They're fun to take pictures of. It's fun to like explore and see what mm-hmm. you're going to find and look at all your pictures, video and sound mm-hmm. and everything. Um, But it's not home, right. you know, right. so that, that's still we're exploring all
0: of our new adventures let me so let me ask you now um there has been some changes to the julia prison and and so i've heard about it um i've i've been not i've been invited but it's just been a while since i've been you know been able to to do anything so i've always wanted to go but as of late some things have happened Talk a little bit about some of the changes that have that has happened with the at Prison, um that you can talk about. I mean from my yeah,
2: from your, from yeah, your point of
0: view, right, of yeah. Life. I don't want to put you on the spot or nothing like that. But I know that there's there's been some major changes and mm-hmm. some of it is a little disturbing. A
3: little bit. Yeah. So um so anybody could go, you know, I'll try to just kind of stick with what's already out what's there. And your best bet? Yeah, go check out my profile. Um, the Herald News did a put out their story uh, this Saturday. So um, I worked all weekend and that was, I, you know, just kind of had to chuckle. We were like, probably like literally every place of, you know, anything in the Chicago area it was Lollapalooza this weekend. So everybody was short staffed everywhere. Um, because everybody wanted to be there instead of picking up extra. But so I I just had to laugh. I was like, oh, this is the toughest weekend for me because of course I can't just stare at my phone and see what's going on. Um so I was at work all weekend, but Saturday morning the story uh came out on the Herald News talking about there was a basically the summary is a suspension of all the volunteers initially, um, by not even direct email, just kind of a memo that sort of went out to one person who then distributed it. Um, no real reasons given, um, no communication. Everybody was told like not to talk to us. We were told we couldn't talk. We were, you know, everybody was like really scared. All we wanted to do was get back in there and we had no idea what was happening. Um, nobody, you know, nobody would talk to us. The museum wouldn't talk to us, you know, even just say, um, okay, you specifically, your services aren't wanted, you know, like nothing, but no communication, or this is what we're doing. Um, there were a few kind of pivotal moments going on, like there was an election in town, you know, there were things happening, and we're like, oh, surely after that, they'll talk to us, mm-hmm. you know, surely, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then some people kind of ended up, and there's certain employees they weren't even talking to anymore, you know, giving like the silent treatment to, you know, um, and all we want to do is get back in there. We knew things were Getting messy because, you know, I don't know, a very, very old prison that isn't being constantly swept, walked through, maintained, you know, starts to get right. closer. Yeah. Um, springtime, things start to flood a little bit more because drainage gets clogged. I don't, you probably know as you go into like some of these places, paint just peels from these walls and just chips off. Yeah. It's amazing I mean, that lead paint does so that. Paint is, like, paint really, you know, has a time of it and gets into drains really yeah. easily. And because that's where the water wants flow and then it's clogged. So, you know, just all these things were like, we just want, all we want to do is go back there and start, you know, cleaning and doing what we do and hang out with our friends, like really. So, um, so we did good. We didn't say things out loud. We didn't talk about it. We didn't anything. Um, there is, um, you know, then, then started to come out things that commentary on the museum they didn't care for, you know, as there was no communication, um, eventually resulting in uh, no further communication, uh, ban, uh, termination ban emails, uh, just in a memo um, to everybody that was then banned. So eventually a couple of volunteers, you know, uh, were, Told they could come back. So all in all, it was five volunteers and I think seven. There's 13 total. I think uh, five volunteers and eight employees over a pretty short span of time were uh, terminated and a good chunk banned from the site. Um, and still, and with a lot of accusations, like some pretty pretty uh, big accusations that are just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, in no way to say anything, and um, including one in. Im- you know, one employee was very, you know, really kind of, uh, you know, assaulted, uh, you know, the, it's in the article, the director kind of assembled an audience of other employees into the gift shop, called her in off of a tour and proceeded to scream at her while she was sobbing, telling her she has to leave or she'll be arrested. But somebody was blocking the door, um, so that she couldn't actually leave and was saying, you know, no, I I can't move. I'm going to stay here. Um, so, you know, so uh definitely like a verbal assault there was another employee that tried to get her out you know tried to say let me just let her leave um she was fired actually shortly thereafter for trying to get this person out of that situation so it wasn't good enough to just fire her but also a whole lot more so that's all in the article you know check (laughs) that out um so then more, you know, and then kind of, uh then the next step. So Dave Schrader, definitely one of our uh, friends.
0: Um, for those who don't know who Dave he, Schrader is, yeah. he is a, um, he was uh, one of the uh, member, team members on uh, of, uh, Paranormal, he's a host for Paranormal 60, plus the fact that he also was on the Holzer Files. Um mm-hmm yeah he's, so he's yeah. had his face out there he's been out there for a while so he knows all the ins and outs and especially of the joliet prison so
3: yeah no good side note definitely our private investigations and everything there um and we got to we were so even during the suspension he had a tour and you know some of us even bought tickets to go, you know, just be with him and be able to help out. Cause we always helped on his tours. Um, we're always a part of it. And we, you know, to be able to support him and make it a better experience for the guests, because in the end, right. that's all that matters. We want, we want the place to stay alive and we want, you know, the guests to have a mm-hmm. good experience and really, you know, and, and his guests, you know, especially mm-hmm. too. But so um, he, you know, and you can catch his video on paranormal 60, you know, his, his YouTube, his Twitter, his everything. And, you know, I've shared it too um, on Twitter and Facebook, I think anyway, so he, then he put out a video. Um, so there's, you know, plenty of comments. It's really interesting. All of a lot of former employees coming out, having had similar experiences, um, uh-huh. working there. So, so, um, but kind of really in the end, you know, for I, while I'm sad to not be there, you know, I'm sad for my friends to not be there. Um, and I'm—I really do miss, you know, especially the spirits there. But you know, because I could see my friends otherwise, I can, you know, go to other cool places, and I miss the building, and I miss being able to preserve it. But I really, I really do miss, you know. I always—it's—it's <laughs> it's even funny to me as I'm like part of this world. I'm like, I miss those. Right, friends, right. You know? I'm
2: like, right.
3: Um, you know, and I, we, you know, we don't always know their names or who they are, or whatever. But they do like interact with us. We see them. There's consistent, right. you know, interaction. You know, and, and so we missed that and, you know, and we know they like us too, you know, we know, like when I went back in May for Dave's tour, there was, I, it was just, I had been gone for a couple months. That was my longest time. I walked into death row and I could just see, like, it was just like in a like a, not, you know, when I it, it was just kind of like a, like the light was different, mm-hmm. like a ball of like energy. And it just felt like I just walked in and I saw it and I was like, I'm going to walk into this. And I walked into it and I could just like feel it all around me. And it was just like, it felt like you're here, you're mm-hmm. here, you know? And it was two of us that out there and we both. A like, ball of happiness. You
2: know,
3: like you know, yeah. like, like it, yeah. was. it was. just like, you're That's here. awesome. And it was just so cool. And the, like, there's some areas that you don't feel quite as, you know, like they're so happy about you, you know, there's different, it's a huge site, you know, but like, just for them death row, I always say is my favorite. It's where I always ask people, where would you spend the night if you had to spend the night, like if you had to sleep, then, right, you right. know, and you could factor in a lot of different factors, but I would always choose death row. So I, you know, so it's my favorite and I was like, oh, you know, so, so I do miss all of that, but I think what's most, there's a lot of things that are most disturbing about all of it. But what really makes me also extra sad, they've discontinued um paranormal. They're not gonna deal with anything oh, wow! Paranormal. They're not having they're not
0: doing anything paranormal. Um, that
3: that's just there's one tour left on the books that I really hope gets to happen. Um I wow. um I that we know of. So wow. Um they one of uh, a local investigator who actually um you know is, has been a local. He's local, he's been involved. He is um you know, makes great you know documentaries. Really puts out a lot of great content. Um, he, are Blood Moon Paranormal, you should follow mm-hmm. him. But um he had a rental coming up, and he it was canceled. They oh, told wow. him, "No, nope, we're just not doing." That um, they initially tried to like cite safety, and then they said, "Actually, you know, he's like, come on, we're not gonna like, what are you what." You know, yes, things are not the safest there in all the buildings. Mm-hmm. Things have to be done for them, but you don't have to go in those buildings, right? right? You know, like there's, you could place. there's a lot of buildings. Um, and then they said, no, it's actually we're not doing any more paranormal. Um, and nobody, they're not answering. That's that is calls, really
1: a but, shame because that was a good source for data and and information on the paranormal. That is just. Yeah, that that's a so, lot. I think a really lot is. of
0: it, from what I'm gathering too, and you know, doing a little bit of the research on it myself, it's a lot of it has to do with politics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is—that's kind of what yeah. it comes down to. You know, which is sad because, to me, politics and paranormal don't mix. No. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, like all these places, you know, so many of them have like OSR has its story. Waverly Hills has its story. I mean, like, right? you know, so many have their story, um, you know, to kind of get them to where they need to be. So I'm hoping this is just kind of a rough spot on the prison's journey to being able to be around for a long time. I- have they started any kind of grassroots to
1: try and change the city's mind or anything like that? Is there any kind of events that are planned at
3: protest or? No, I what? mean, we don't know, like at this point, anything that, we can do at this point, it's like out of our hands, you know, it's kind of public opinion. You know, I don't, yeah, we don't really know. Um,
2: well, you know, to be honest with
3: you.
0: Yeah. But to be honest with you, the, when she was talking about, you know, even the t- type of protest, I mean, that, that prison has, has been a part of the paranormal for a while now in that sense. Mm-hmm. And everybody's talked about it. Everybody knows Juliet prison. Everybody, you know, right. raves about, you know, the, the, the museum and, you know, going through the walkthroughs and doing all that stuff. I think that you might be surprised to see that there was some type of grassroots or type, some type of pro something that would get the community behind it. Just because of the fact that it is a great history for location locations. You know what I mean? So I would not seriously throw that um, under the bus, so to speak. I, I think that there's if somebody's anybody's listening, that I think there's traction for that because I, that puts, yeah, it, no,
3: I absolutely hope so. It's you know, and it's mm-hmm. tough too because it's you know, the prison is you know, when we think of like you know, um, you know, not even anything to do with paranormal, but just history, the kind of history that happened, in right? The exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody kind of has, you know, different, and it's when you interpret history and how you're going to handle it, that's mm-hmm. always, you know, can be a right. little difficult, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, but then you have amazing places like Gettysburg that they do, they can respect both like that history and that mm-hmm. the value of the actual history and mm-hmm. the horrible things that happened there, you know, like and all the death and okay. everything, but also can like respect that there's. You know, also present day in the paranormal community that does respect all of this, you know, Mm -hmm. just because bad things happen someplace doesn't make it a bad place. And doesn't mean we have to speak about it in hushed tones. This is history. They um we can't change history, things actually happen there. Guards have stories to tell that are that have been silenced, you know, guards that actually work there, their history is being silenced, um, and trying to change it. So It's a really, so that's part of it too. It's not even, of course I want, of course I want to run around with my friends in the dark and find ghosts. That's one of my favorite things in the world to do. Right. Um, But also it's history is so important. And so much of that's being silenced. So much of that. You
0: appreciated that history.
1: Well, I've said all along that the paranormal and history go hand in hand. Oh my God. And I I first fell in love with history and then I discovered ghosts.
3: Yes. So, and I think we, you know, we talk so much. I mean, I even think like with the prison, I, you know, just even the story of Odette, she's, you know, a really big story, um, in the prison's history. She was murdered there. She was a warden's wife. Um, she, so a little, little bit of history. So, and I might, I might butcher some parts of it if anybody's listening, but I'll try not to. Um, she's originally from New Orleans, uh, singer, you know, wonderful. They met when Warden Allen was on a, he's a, Famous prison reformer. He he wasn't there to make prisons worse. He wanted to make them a better place. So that's part of the history. It was this prison was part of the history of prison reform. And so he met her when he was at a conference in New Orleans. This is a very long time ago. And um, she moved up here. They got married. She was the songbird of Joliet. I'm it's something, it's something beautiful. That's and that's cool. not a beautiful like term, but like so she was well known. Joliet then, and she was the Warden's wife, they lived in because that administration building in its day was just decadent and gorgeous and marble. And so they lived there, the Wardens lived there for a really long time. And they would have, and she was, you know, well loved and famous in Joliet, but she was most importantly well loved and famous with the inmates. She would go through singing to them. And Mm -hmm. They had they they loved her. They also in the administrative building or the wardens' housing. They had prisoners, um, the you know that were good that would come you know help them out in the house. So that was that was their work instead of working in the mattress factory or whatever. Their work would be helping in the house. So she had uh, a really good you know honorary that's you know had one good guy. That at 6 a.m., so her husband went, he had to go, he had a conference to go to, um, and she decided to meet him in the morning, not take the same train out because her dresses weren't done, because back in like 1915, you got your dresses made, mm-hmm. and they weren't all done yet. So she stayed behind. She, the story is she like went, saw a movie or something with her kids, you know, with her stepkids that night.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: The next morning, she woke up at like 6 a.m. Ish, she told her Honoree, the inmate. You know what? Get me at nine thirty. By nine, before nine thirty, I think like by nine, there was smoke coming from her bedroom, and so somebody um, killed her, um, hit her, you know, over the head, and set the. She was in her bed, set the room on fire. So Odette then died at the prison. Oh wow, that's tragic. Um. So, and her grave is nearby in a nearby cemetery. So you know, we've been known to visit. You know, all the Allens, including hers, are in a row in uh, Oakwood Cemetery in Juliet. So. Now, we could tell just the ghost story that, oh, we hear a woman singing sometimes. She was, you know, oh, yeah, she was a warden's wife. Her name's Odette. We can say that. And that's some mm-hmm. history. But also, how amazing. And then there was a whole trial yeah. that, that followed. Um, nobody really believes they convicted the right guy. Mm-hmm. Um, He was an inmate already, obviously, and he actually was supposed to have been put to death based on the conviction. But the governor stayed that execution and he just lived out his life in the prison. But Mm -hmm. to this day, it's really questionable if it was him. So like how interesting, like how as we intersect that paranormal in the history, we're not forgetting about the history. We're not disrespecting the history. We're saying like. (laughs) We're keeping We're the history alive. Alive, you know? alive. Keeping and the history alive. alive. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about her and as in love with this, you know, situation and story and wanting to know and really think about what went on and that's that's mm-hmm. how it really stays alive. Is all of this and yeah, it's
1: it's our stories, it's our experiences when they've been repeated by somebody who has heard them. It keeps mm-hmm. us alive.
3: It does. I right. mean, you, know, like right. you know, the thing of the last time you know you die twice when somebody the last time someone says your name and she exactly you yeah. know, and, yeah. and yeah. in that prison and, and, you know, in the paranormal and in just the history of it, she stays alive. And there's so many horrible things that happen in those walls that we still talk about to keep it alive and remember, we mm-hmm. can't do that again, you know, so. Right. even, right. Yeah. History isn't horrible, there to change.
1: It's there to yeah. learn from. You don't right. change oh, right. the lesson. You learn right. from it.
0: Right.
1: And that's so why we, we, that's
0: why me and Kelly do what we do. And that's, you know, we, we, tell stories of the dead you know and Mm -hmm. we give them a voice to talk about the history you know we try to tell their stories the best way we can and that's Mm -hmm. why we created this just because I think that the the history the stories of the history of these people who have been who have who have died and are deceased have so much more to tell us
3: oh my Mm -hmm. god
0: and just to share you know their lives in that sense because a lot of people don't realize it's not just watching a paranormal TV show and you get Thirty minutes and you get yeah. all this ooh and ah, but what about the history that people want to know about instead of all the scary stuff? You know, there's yeah. so much more to yeah. that. Yeah, you know? I don't do that. Now with you, with you, with you, Carrot, do you have a personal experience in that prison that you can? Oh my that, goodness! That would, that, I mean, that, that would be <laughs> that would make my my our listeners kind of like, oh wow.
3: Um, okay. I'm going to, so I'm going to talk about, cause I, it made me, the whole night made me say, oh, wow. Um, you know, <laughs> but like in a delightful way, I have, you know, like stories and, you know, or I heard this one time, like, uh, you know, so I think, um, so, try, so Dave Schrader that like that last night that we were there for his start, it was two nights, you know, he does the two night <laughs> things. So we're there the second night. Um, so it is normal when at this prison, um, EVP sure, but like direct voice phenomenon, you know, direct noise phenomenon. You hear things all the time, footprints all the time, um, doppelgangers, but usually historically just voices. So our we've many of our friends, including that Rob that would do the tours. It is not unusual to hear Rob saying something, you know, and it is not Rob. Um, no, yeah. And, you know, so that's happened with a lot of us. A lot of times it would kind of center around the basement, you know, like, uh, you know, like a visitor center or basement of the administration building is where we kind of realize they're all, most of them kind of trying to draw us down there. Um, mm-hmm. It's not real safe there since a lot of the collapse. But um, so we don't know. We don't know if it's trying to draw us to like stick around with them forever or if it's trying to just, you know, that's where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So novel gangers are a pretty normal thing, but it was always just voice. It was always, Mm -hmm. it's always been really normal to like see clear shadows leaning on the galleries, looking down. It would be, you Mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of things that got so normal that we didn't say, Oh, until Mm -hmm. so one night we said, Oh, it was that second night of Dave Schrader and and Jane Pittman's uh, recent tour in May. And a group of us were there, um, and our, and you go, if you, when you go on these big tours, you go in groups, right. And you rotate mm-hmm. spots. Mm-hmm. So we were outside of the hospital. It was a hot night. The hospital is a little steamy. I, you know, I didn't want to, I just, at that moment, was, it was just kind of like too much. Like it was just like a lot. And I just needed to not be like in a space with a lot of people. So a bunch of us kind of s- sat outside on a bench right outside the hospital. So we're pretty far away and you'd have to be there as I'm describing these things, but you have a clear visual from there to see the school, um, Mm -hmm. school and chapel are one building. And we were watching just across the yard and we see the school and the school and the chapel were locked. We decided that we would not be going in there because it's not that eventful. Usually sometimes it is. And so it's kind of hit or miss, but it's, it's hit or really, really miss. Mm -hmm. So it was just not part of the tour that night. And it's not that like visually interesting so everybody was like you know what no so we it was locked nobody was going to be in there we were looking down and we saw a bunch of flashlights like five flashlights flat like real flashlights not just like dim points i've seen dim points you know that you're like i think that was a flashlight from 50 years ago you know like flashlights and we're like honestly we're so (laughs) i i laugh because we're like who is in there like who you know and honestly we kind of said well you know what we paid to be here tonight. We're just kind of helping out Dave. We're not officially in charge of keeping anything secured. We're across the yard. It's obviously somebody with a key. We're just going to sit here, you know, and we're like, they're not supposed to be there, you know, and kind of forgot that that even happened. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, we move on with our night. Now we're at another spot. I get a text from um, Christine who was with Shane's group and she goes, where's Rob? I was with Rob, our friend. I go, he's sitting right next to me. She goes, no, we see him up (laughs) on the gallery. He's leaning over. He's looking at us. And they they knew that he wasn't there. And they knew that he wouldn't be up there. Like, it didn't feel like it was him. And he obviously, if he was Rob, he would have said hi. You know, or he would have laughed or said something. You know, like something. And he wasn't saying. He was just looking. And then he was gone, you know. And. And I was like, Nope. Like, and I even, I have a selfie I took with him. Like, nope, right here with me. Ha-ha. You know, like, cause <laughs> at that point they weren't saying we saw Rob. And so her and Shane saw Rob standing there and we were like, that's okay. We haven't, we've heard him talk a lot. We've heard a lot of our friends talk, right. you know, and try to, you know, do something we've never seen like a full body uh-huh. doppelganger. Right so i have that was well that was something you know that was you know so we just we were like oh well they're expanding their repertoire right Mm -hmm. you know so we weren't really freaked out we just thought we're like that's really cool you know so and everybody says you should be scared of doppelgangers and we're like no this is great So because we like know them we feel good about this so then don't forget those flashlights either though that still becomes part of the story later so then we end up in the east cell block there's a um E-cell block, there is a area that something has happened more in the last like six months or so that like it, there's something there that you can see, like the light is different. There's just something there's, <laughs> you can feel it. You don't see something. Dave got an EVP is just like, you know, like growling kind yep. of, you know, and I, it doesn't like women. Like I, women are kind of like, Ooh, no, thank you. You know? <laughs> so we're walking by with Dave's group. Dave was in there. I literally just kind of kept walking. I don't want to stand in that one spot. I kept walking with Dave in the group and it was actually like videoing his, him talking and, you know, and everything and taping it. And my two friends know me very well. Two of my best friends, they stayed at that gallery to kind of like watch down and see what they could see, you know, see if they saw anything. They both came running in. They have it on tape. I'm going, how long have you been here? You know? And I'm like, I, a little bit I don't know you know and then I realized I was taping and I was like well exactly this long however long it was (laughs) which was cool because I was able to do that and they go no you were standing there and I was like 100% I wasn't you know and so Mm -hmm. I obsessed with like I'm so glad I finally got my doppelganger and there it was funny because like you know he said he's like you're You know, like your your face was lit up. I looked back. You were leaning on the thing. Your face was lit up. He's and he's just like, oh, so Kara's just on her phone still, whatever. You know, like and kind of like he like rolled his eyes that I wasn't talking to them. I'm just looking at my phone. Nikki, who was with them, is like, I don't, I don't think she was looking at her phone. I think we just couldn't see her face. You know, like, Mm -hmm. but it was a hundred percent like you know me. So, um, so that was all cool. You know, that was fun. You know, that was delightful. But then, you know, so that all was happening and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Later, Dave then tells the story when they were in Death Row, they heard a direct voice phenomenon that actually he played on a show and somebody got it on tape, like just on accident because they were recording him. We all dispute. I think it said, Hey, Dave, kind of like mocking or like I'm Dave or something. It sounded like a mocking tone. Everybody kind of has their, you know, there's varying right. opinions, like I mean, good EVP or DVP, right? Like, so but it got him and a couple of people to go outside. Like they heard this and they were like, what is that? You know, and it kind of sounded like it was calling to them. He ran down the stairs, ran outside just in time for them to see the flashlights, the same flashlights that we saw. Like, so this was all oh, happening wow. at
2: once. <laughs>
3: He saw the flashlights in the school. So they were closer and he turned to the people he was with that had the keys, you know, that were, you know, kind of, is anybody in there? And they go, no, you know, cause nobody's supposed to be in there. So like, we can't, can't have five people walking around with flashlights in there nobody's in there so he goes with a couple of people and you know one other person because it was two flashlights one other person they go they unlock it they go to go check it out and we saw then we saw the five flashlights you know go later not too much later but a little later we did see sitting on the bench two flashlights go Mm -hmm. and two flashlights walk back and that was dave and whoever was with him i forgot who and they never found anybody in there. It was totally secure. Totally wow. locked. In there. So it was so, so not only did we have like cool doppelganger stuff happening, you know, kind of all night, like it was just, it was just hopping, you know, like there was just cool stuff all night happening, but like we got our doppelgangers, you know, like in, in full body, that was cool. But then we all, so many of us saw those flashlights and all said, "What?" and like in different areas, it wasn't just, it wasn't just meant for me to see or, you know, somebody else to see. We, everybody that happened to be looking at that time saw it but really like i think it called dave down It'd be like hey come look at this come
1: <laughs> <check it>
3: out. <laughs> look what i got going on look what's
1: happening look what and we discovered to do
3: just in time for him to get down there all of this was happening mm-hmm. how cool right so That was probably, and then, like, later, he's, like, and then we saw, I was, like, shut up, you know, like, how cool, you know, because I was, like, and then we saw, but we really, and we just all thought it was, like, somebody being ridiculous, like, you're not supposed to be in there. Right, right. You know, like. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So cool that, like, all of that came together, and so that's my, like. Because I could tell you, oh, I saw a shadow. I saw somebody leaning, or right? I, you know, it's all true. Yeah. And I heard this, but I just thought that was the coolest thing that so many people, so many different people, all right. saw the same big things like right. the energy it would take to have those. And again, like I've seen points of light that I'm like, I think that's somebody walking with a flashlight a right. long time. Right. Ago. You know, but no flashlight. Right. It was just so cool. And, and nice. the
0: thing with the doppelgangers too. I mean, um, yeah, from me what from my you. understanding too. I mean, I've I've met some people that I we I was called upon an, a home in, investigation a long time ago where there was a doppelganger of her grandson this this grandmother and um he never said a word he just she just like he like ignored her but walked right out the door and he was in the back bedroom and. I think from from my understanding, they either choose either you're going to be able to say something in the same voice, or you're going to be able to look like the. I don't think that they can do both, and I don't know. So I sure. don't think
3: they can do Both either, mine was because like when they saw us, you know, when it was me or when it was Rob, we didn't say it.
1: Right, right. So I just you
3: know, and like you know, and my face was just kind of lit up, like and, right. you know, like it kind of i always in my head what the way they described it i'm like oh it was like ai me you know something just like wasn't right right you know right right like rob thought i was holding my phone and looking down at the light and and Nikki's like i don't think she was holding a phone but yeah her face you know like and it was close to them it was within like 10 15 feet they just turned but they just turned around because like how normal for the three of us to be together and so they just you just thought it was a little weird that i was like back there leaning i'm like let me tell you Promise you, I will never just be like right there in that spot, be leaning on that great, open to every you know like in that's no, yeah. I would never have done that. Like right. that should have been first clue. I was like if, super, it, simple, like foot up, just hanging out. Right,
0: it would have been, they, but it would have been cool if they would have said, um, "I see you, doppelganger." You know, I mean,
3: no, they, but they have no idea. They thought it was, but no, if they, they, would they would have
0: known that off. you that you would have said something. You know, like yeah. you wouldn't just sit there and not say anything. You
3: know what I mean? No, like he thought I was looking at my phone. He was oh, like, oh, she's yeah, yeah. catching up. Right. So no, like they just didn't, it was so fast though too, right? Like it wasn't like 10 minutes. Of standing, right, right. It was like maybe a minute. Right. And so they turned around, like they, like they each individually turned around, saw me, thought, oh, okay, cool. That's where she is. And then they looked back, you know, down the gallery and then they turned around again and they said, okay, she couldn't have moved that fast. You know, like that was their clue. Like I was just gone and I didn't say anything. Like it was moments. Mm -hmm. And then when they like, they they ran in, like it was so, I mean, (laughs) it was comical. Like I don't see them get, like, usually I'm the one that runs. I'm the one in the group that runs. Like I can't (laughs) help it. Nikki will say to me, you know, running doesn't change what happens here. Like they (laughs) can move fast. Right, or be someplace else, and I'm like, and I'll literally be like, as I'm jogging down something, I'll be like, I know this, but I'm running right now. (laughs) (laughs) I understand what you're saying, and she's just like behind me, like, and then she'll be like, fine, and start. So, in other words, when you're a ghost, we can look for you running. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and it's just like an involuntary, like, and it's, I, one time that I did like one time I ran, it was the first time I saw my guard, you know, so this guy, this, you know, this then spirit, who's a guard that I definitely like, you know, kind of had a relationship, you know, over time with interacting. And the first time that I like that he full body, like appeared, I turned around and just ran. I felt like I was going to throw up. Like, I just felt like it was just, I turned around and ran and somebody like a former, Uh, director there, she goes, good to see how you are in an emergency. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was like, but this isn't an actual emergency. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Also, run towards your actual emergency. So, like... Oh, no, it's like an involuntary, like, there is just something that, like, in you know, just that fight or flight. I'm like, I'm not gonna fight anything, right? So I just like I don't know, it just boop, and then later I'm like laughing. I go, That was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But I still yeah. do it, like ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, and I think I, honestly, I think I it's hard with full the body I sometimes yeah, no, and honestly though, this I was abandoned for a long time, and I would always say, like, I was more worried about like actual people. What if somebody was hiding somewhere and I hear right, this noise? Right, so right. I think Right. There was one time that it probably was a ghost, honestly, but I will like, I will go to my dying day saying, I have no idea. I still think it might've been a person. I think it probably was a ghost. I don't know. I thought we weren't making it out alive from that experience. Wow. It was just at the present. Nothing happened. It was funny. But like in that moment, I was like, that's it. We're getting <laughs> hurt. Like, cause I was actually a person. Right,
2: right, right.
3: But I don't think it was. <laughs> so, you know, obviously we we're fine. Nothing. There was never anybody found. It was a ghost, I'm sure. But, right. like, it was so concrete. Like the sounds being made, everything about it was so real that I'm like, I have a hard time believing it wasn't a real person. So I think like my running comes from like, what if it's real? Like, what if this is an actual person? Right. that's going to? And that?
0: you always wonder that too, especially when you investigate, you don't know if the, if it is an actual real person, because that's the first thing you think when you hear that stuff, it's like, that's gotta be a real person. Yes. You're not automatically thinking that's a ghost. I mean, it's, I, I don't. I mean, if I hear noise like that, it's like, that's got to be a person. Yes. That's got to be somebody real. But when you realize that it's not, and then you go back to, oh, then it must be a spirit. Okay. Because that's our instinct is that we automatically would think yes. that it, it's got to be a person. So
3: like an EVP will never like scare me. and right. EVP, well, maybe they can say something good enough that might, but like, no, an EVP, I'm like, oh, do I know I didn't hear that? Right. And now I'm mm-hmm. playing it how cool that that happened right. and that interaction happened, like that's, and I will always be like, awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, I am, I find all of this just so delightful. I find everything delightful.
2: Like, <laughs> it seems this, to like, be that find, way. Like...
3: <laughs> I'm right there delightful. in the same boat but with like, you. So I'm, you
1: know, I, I just love yeah,
3: all of it. Like how cool it's to like, actually, awesome. how cool, mm-hmm. how cool to like be able to experience this part of reality right? How because there, but like not everybody does. How cool that like the spirit maybe trusts you enough. Right. Like you right. that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You. Like they don't have to answer. Yeah. Like, how cool. So I find it super delightful. But like a DvP, like a direct voice phenomenon, you gotta wonder. Like, so when when Dave and his group heard out of Death Row something in the bushes down there, sound like it's saying something, like maybe hey Dave, or I'm Dave, or whatever. You gotta wonder for a second, is somebody hiding in the bushes <laughs> trying oh, to. Yeah. Like down here, you you don't know until you get there. And even then, you're
0: still gonna question it. Like, yeah.
3: You, mm-hmm. you still have to so like the direct voice phenomenon will always freak me out, quite honestly. Because I'm like, or even we were at Indiana State Sanatorium, and Chris Fleming was so he was like, There's direct voice phenomenon coming out of the forest, we can hear it, and I'm like, how of the forest. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I'm kind of like, and we were in our car, we were actually about to leave. It was like, you know, three in the morning, whatever. And I, I was, you know, rolled down the windows to try to listen. I'm like, I'm glad we're in the car, you know, cause I'm like, there is a whole like middle of nowhere Indiana out there <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: of forest and hills and scary things. And we're just saying like the whoo coming from the forest is ghosts. Like, I don't yeah,
2: know. Yeah. Sir, yeah. I don't <laughs> know. <so> <laughs> sir. I
0: think <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs>
3: I'm glad you're in a big group, you know, and it probably was really ghost. Like, of course it was. It's the Indiana State Sanatorium. I'm sure it wasn't people, you know, and obviously they're fine. Everybody got home right. fine, you know, but like I, you know, I will always like with direct voice phenomenon I'll be like, oh <laughs> 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 no. Well, this
0: is this has been uh a wonderful and fantastic show. Oh, I mean, this has been, been
2: amazing. Yeah, this is, I, I, I love it. Yeah,
0: yeah, this has been awesome. Um, yeah, well, actually, the hour went through really fast, and yeah, yeah. I mean, we've really got to have you on again because I'm sure that oh, we yeah. can probably do quite a few of your Joliet stories. So, you are know. you like busy
1: probably. in like November twentieth or November twenty seventh?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't know my schedule yet. <laughs> Usually, I've I'm, got like three dates I'm through. trying to
1: fill, and it's like I'm pulling.
3: Yeah. I work every third weekend, so I'm always off the Monday after. So that's how it's safe. Like, I will always. Anytime I talk to you on a Monday afternoon, I'm going to be going. I worked all week.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: The 20th, I am off of work.
0: <laughs> oh, so yeah, maybe Ooh. we'll have to have her back again I because like, I, yeah, you know, yeah, I would, I'd love to hear more. That then. Yeah, more I of these experiences more. with the Julia uh, prison. But I really think that Kara, um, that I think that I would put it in some a bug in somebody's ear and say you know just say the word protest and grassroots and just say and let it take its course and let it i can well, i could totally see that
1: show
3: and hear it.
0: yeah i could totally it see that i
3: really, like Dave traders video on uh Twitter that has like 18,000 yeah. views Yeah, like we were talking this morning Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. yeah
0: this this, this, show, this yeah this episode will be on twitter too so this is amazing yeah.
1: this is you know, i yeah i saw part of his his uh Broadcast, and it's like, I uh, that's just unreal.
0: It is, so it is.
1: It was very disappointing, very, it, very it disappointing. Was.
0: But let's let's all hope and pray that that yep. you know let's something will it. come through yeah. and you know that we can that
1: and you'll get, have your weekend gig. Yeah,
0: back. yeah, get back to work. I know, get, get Kara you'll back get
1: to, get to work. <laughs> There's the signs,
3: get yeah. Kara back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> back to work. Right. No, and it's so funny because like I we all laugh, like we all found we're doing things you know we're busy people and so we're like oh my god how did we fit this but it was just what we mm-hmm. did it was what we fit and now we're of course coming up with extra things so like in september a group of us are going to go to the great lakes paranormal conference okay. and that was when we you know so that. like now we can't literally before we would have been like well on saturday we got stuff to do we can't go anywhere but
2: now you can so
3: instead like we in Sheboygan and at the asylum on Saturday night, I still have to buy my tickets for that night, but like, and hanging out or like, there's another Saturday coming up that a group of us are going to go to bachelor's Grove, oh. you know, like, so like, it's fun. I like literally, oh, I, I get my hair cut in Tinley. <laughs> and one day after many years, I was like, why don't I just really quick go to bachelor's Grove. And so now it's like a fun thing that we sometimes do during the bachelor's because we're pretty why not I'm in paranormal. Mm-hmm. How cool. I, we did, I will say, I laugh at us. I look at our, we, um, so my husband now was my high school sweetheart, oh, my boyfriend oh, at the time. So that's who we went, you know. and then there was some time in the middle, but we went to Bachelors Grove together. Like that's where I'd go with, right? So we, I think he, you know, in some memory box had like all the old pictures, right? You know, the actual pictures that you take with like disposable cameras and other film cameras pictures. when you're a teenager, real mm-hmm. film pictures. So we always remembered, you know, because there wasn't all that internet, right, right you know, um, a long time ago. So we, every, the same lens flare that everybody had that they thought were ghosts, we have on those pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, like we look at them now and we're like, eh, <laughs> those maybe aren't the ghosts we thought yeah. they were, but it was, was right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. We thought we're like, we have pictures of ghosts. No. And, you know, now we look like... No, yeah. you really don't. We're good looking yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. not ghosts. Yeah. But they are cute pictures of us, you know. Yeah. I, want I want that. I want that. You know, like 25 years ago, I want a built-in pictures in are pair really
1: a cute. So. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: so,
3: it's not even honestly, he like sometimes kind of goes for the ride or whatever. He's he's more into like the hella obscure stuff, like the you know, building stuff up and everything. He's like sometimes when I'll talk to my friends for two hours a night, he's like better better them than me. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's like good. No, she's you know, so she's back he in likes kind of more the
3: exploring. Thing. Yeah, he likes the exploring and other fun oh, stuff. It's it. you know, he likes He's I he he even like likes to support my you know, all of my friends. He's like, stay together, Aww. all of you. Yeah.
2: She-
0: <laughs> so we're we're Our
3: about ship to- gods, that's yeah. what yeah.
0: <laughs> So we're about to about to the end. So um so, yeah, no, yeah, so, uh, Kara, please tell people where they could find you and your links.
3: You can find me. Um probably, you know, the so well the easiest is Facebook, Cara Phillip, or Instagram, it's Cara underscore underscore Phillip. Um, But even really easy, and then you can link to everything, is hellaobscura.com or, you know, on all the socials, H E L L A, Obscura, O B S C U R A, um, and Late Night Legends podcast. Nice. Um, We have fun guests all summer. So that's Monday nights we live stream and release on Thursday. Nice, nice. Very cool.
0: well, we want to thank you again for, yes, for making this our, so. hour hour a little bit uh, a memorable one. So and much
3: fun. Thank
2: yes, you. Yes, fun. this has
0: been a lot of fun. And like I said, I mean, it's it's the information and all the, the history the and the stories. stories are, and the history, had, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, this is why we it's do this. Brutal. I mean, this is yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. You know enthralling for everybody, and I love it. So want to thank you again. We want to thank everybody. Everybody can find us on everywhere you get your podcast, as well as uh, Facebook, Parapos, um Twitter, and YouTube.
1: Wherever else.
0: Yeah, wherever else. On <laughs> Studio 6, on Studio Six uh, Productions, you can find us on YouTube, and you'll find our shows on there, as well as a few others. So... Again, today on a Monday, we want to thank Kara, and we want to thank all of you you for tuning in. Yeah. See you later.
2: Thanks for having me. Bye.